0: Well, babe, you're officially a mom.
1: And you're officially a dad.
0: (laughs) So, my wife, Angela, is definitely my favorite blogger, YouTuber extraordinaire, and she's a pretty amazing wife, I must add.
1: And my guess is that a lot of you have seen my husband, Matt, on TV or in the movies. Wyatt from Timeless, Liam from 90210, anyone? How about Chicago from Pitch Perfect 3? I mean, he's bringing the sexy. All
0: right, all right. So, if you guys didn't know, Angela and I created a podcast called Hello Bump to chronicle our journey as expecting first time. parents.
1: We really just started it for something for us to look back on, but we ended up really loving our weekly chats. Yeah,
0: so much that we couldn't stop there. I mean, now is the fun part, right? Now is the payoff for the nine months of pregnancy. Now is where our life begins.
1: And we have a brand new beautiful baby girl, and we're so in
0: love. (laughs) We want you guys to come on this new journey with us of figuring out, frankly, how to raise this little thing.
1: We know it's gonna be tough at times, but we also know that the rewards are great.
0: Yeah, we're gonna be chatting week to week about the joys and the struggles of learning how to do this parenting thing.
1: And I'm pretty sure we'll mess up a lot.
0: But from every mistake comes a lesson that hopefully we can pass on to you. So join us on this wild ride as we undertake our newest challenge, Parenthood.
1: Mm -hmm. Hello, Hello, baby. baby.
0: Oh wow. Welcome everybody to episode number 11. That just reminded me of Stranger Things.
1: Gotta love us some 11.
0: Oh, love that little shaved head. <laughs>
1: She's got a curly head now. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah,
0: you're right. I'm living in the past. Hello baby. Episode number 11. You've tuned into the right place if indeed you were looking for a podcast about raising a kid.
1: Specifically, this episode, A Well-Rested Kid.
0: Yes, yes, we'll get to that. I'm your host, Matt Lanter. My wife, uh, sitting next to me, wrapped up in a blanket. Her name is Angela. Say hi, Angie.
1: Hi. Don't call me Angie.
0: Okay, sorry, babe. Noted. (laughs) All right, let's just kind of get into... want to file some grievances against the podcasting and computer gods out there, okay? Because here's the thing. We did this interview with our guest, who you will hear, uh, and, and I'll get to that in just a second here, but we had this thing ready to go, podcast ready to go live, and my computer crashed. My big main computer that we do all the podcasting on It just decided to ah, just, I don't know, stop working. You couldn't click on things. It's pretty awful. I've actually, I don't ever think I've had that happen to me before. Have you?
1: I feel like I've had a virus, but that was before Apple, before I I took the Apple leap. So this thing just,
0: it's just out of nowhere. It just crashed and wouldn't work anymore.
1: And for all of those who were wondering where our episode was, was it? the week before last. Yeah.
0: That's This where. episode
1: that we're getting ready to post was actually supposed to go up then.
0: Right. So, okay. And I know a lot of you out there are probably going, oh my God, you should have had a backup. I did have a backup. And even the backup didn't crash. But it was distorting. Somehow the levels got turned up and the audio sort of distorted. And I'm really, really not happy about it because I really enjoyed this interview. Now, I did what I could to try to save the audio, and I don't know, maybe you guys won't even mind, but it bugs me, but um, anyway, that's what you're going to hear, is unfortunately, we apologize for the poor quality of audio that you're going to hear. Uh, You're going to hear some distortion and and that type of stuff in it. Uh, Hopefully, it doesn't bother you too much, or at least once you start listening, you can kind of tune it out and just listen to the valuable information that this guy has to offer.
1: Here's the bottom line. This podcast had too much good in it to not post. <laughs> that's true. That's that's I mean like if it had been just a, a podcast with you and I we would, we would have just scratched Probably done it, it over. Yeah. But and, this one was just too good not to.
0: And we couldn't just ask him to redo it nope. because that would have taken too much of his time because he is a very busy man. So, let me tell you a little bit about who we are interviewing today. We are so excited. This guy's name is Dr. Harvey Karp, okay? He's a board-certified pediatrician. He's a professor of pediatrics at UCLA. He is pretty much like the baby whisperer. I'm not even kidding. He's the inventor of the five S's technique.
1: Well, five S's to me would mean sleep, 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 sleep. More sleep?
0: Okay, well, he's going to give you five S's to help you get that sleep. (laughs) He's the author of the happiest baby book, it's uh, and DVD it's a set. it kind of is a, an instructional inventor of the snoo bassinet. This guy's been on the view. he's been on Dr. Phil. he's been on Good Morning America. basically, we're extremely lucky that he came and wanted to do an interview because uh we aren't worthy. um so anyway, I guess we should just hop into this interview, right Angela, is there anything else you want to add?
1: no, I don't even want to take up your time because honestly, this is good information. You guys take notes.
0: Okay. Everybody, listen up. Here we go. I'm gonna play this again. Sorry for the distortion, the bad audio, but it's valuable. And three, two, one. Well, Dr. Corp, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Uh we are so Excited to talk to you and we actually got a chance to talk to you before McKinley was born and you gave us some great advice and um, And we actually got one of your uh, uh, Snoo bassinets which we're really excited to talk about but um Yeah, so we want to know kind of how you got started your background as a pediatrician
2: and really just kind of how you ended up Choosing this field. I'm always curious about that stuff Sure, sure of course. Well good to speak to you again. Uh, I mean I was born in a log cabin.
1: <laughs> Many, uh,
2: <laughs> um, so I, I um, yeah, I'm the only doctor in my family. I kind of grew up in in, uh, in New York City, in a, in a suburb of New York City. And when I went to medical school, I loved everything, but I just loved working with with children and young parents. And um, kids, you know, even when they're sick, you know, they they're spunky, they get better. I mean, of course... It's so terrible when children get seriously ill but for the most part they're resilient and you're dealing with people who are even when they're sick they get better for the most part so for me that was the most the most fun and then as I you know started practicing pediatrics and, and I did it for almost 30 years in the office um, I loved being it, it's kind of funny it's like really being, a doctor and being a grandmother at the same time <laughs> because most people especially in los angeles people are away from their roots mm-hmm. and they don't have their extended family around so a lot of the things that you want to learn from a doctor not necessarily medical things but they are like what should i do for this problem you know a diaper rash a, a child who's uh, having temper tantrums or who's colicky and crying too much and they're kind of behavioral things which are really fun to talk about because you can usually make them better pretty pretty easily.
0: Yeah. Well, so you created the Happiest Baby brand. Is it a brand? Would you call it a brand? I mean,
2: I don't know. That's kind of a highfalutin word. It's just you know it, my again my job is really as an educator. That's that's how I see yeah. a pediatrician. And so I wrote this Happiest Baby. On the block book and DVD, and then happiest toddler on the block, and then a sleep book as well. So I guess it's a brand if it's like a few things named happiest baby. But really, my goal is is to just help parents, you know, do the do the tough job they have. And listen, do you know the game Jenga? Have you ever heard of oh, Jenga? Oh yeah. 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 So that's that cool game where you pile up a tower of these little wooden sticks, and then you, everyone takes a turn pulling one away from the tower, and then you do it as it gets a little rickety, and then the last person who pulls the stick out and the whole tower comes down, that's the end of the game. I kind of see... The American family is one big game of Jenga. It's just mm-hmm. ready to
0: crumble at any moment. It, it,
2: well, not quite at that point. Not quite the, just pull, yeah. out,
0: pull out some long night's sleep and, and some peace and
2: quiet, and you, the whole thing comes down. Exactly. Well, and, it, and, you know, it's not having your extended family around and not having a safe neighborhood and maybe not even having two parents in the household or not having a full-time, you know, mom or dad around or not having, um, uh, not having uh, siblings who can help out. We've pulled away a lot of pieces of wood from this Jenga pile over the last fifty years, yeah. and it is getting more um, more rickety. And so, m- I always think of my job is trying to stick pegs back in there and kind of help help parents keep the tower secure.
0: <laughs> the, but primarily, the Jenga block, the sleep piece, you try to plug back in there with the parents, huh?
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know something. That's the number one thing, right? I mean, it's a, We did a survey with Baby Center um, a couple of months ago. Um, a thousand moms and um, more than more than time money or sex new parents want extra sleep it's just the thing that you're running lowest on Mm -hmm. and that's not being cushy i mean some people go oh if you're not gonna you know don't complain or you shouldn't become a parent and you know we use sleep deprivation to torture people we prepare the navy seals to endure torture by putting them through two things Sleep deprivation with the sound of screaming babies over a loudspeaker. I mean, it's <laughs> welcome to your everyday life. Wait, is that true? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Oh my gosh, the Navy SEALs train with crying babies in the background.
2: That's exactly right. And we <laughs> do the same thing actually in Guantanamo Bay for the political prisoners. That's how they they um, you know stress them and try oh. to get them to crack. Wow. So anyway, it's hard when uh, sleep deprivation is tough anyway. But it turns out it's a number one problem for new parents. And that doesn't mean you're a wuss, and it even doesn't mean that you're getting six or seven hours and you're okay, because it turns out everyone's different. Some people can tolerate sleep deprivation better than other people can, but here's the deal. Besides being, you know, exhausting, sleep deprivation triggers marital stress, breastfeeding failure, child abuse, um, unsafe sleeping practices and infant sleep death, postpartum depression, the number one risk is sleep deprivation, car accidents, obesity, medical um, visits, too much medicine for babies. It's a long list of wow. billions of dollars of health care costs and billions of dollars of employer costs in terms of poor productivity, poor retention, you know, accidents and errors and things like that. So it turns out this is not a, an insignificant problem. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I
0: mean, look you spend, what, what's the stat? You spend like a third of your life sleeping or something. So it's obviously built to be an important thing for us. If you're not doing it, then uh, mm-hmm. it's just a recipe for everything to go wrong.
2: It, you're so right. And actually here's another way to look at it, which is that, cause there's an issue, one of the issues about new parents that get really confused about, I mean, there are lots of myths about babies. You wouldn't think we have myths anymore because you know we have so much science and things. But it turns out there are tons of myths about babies that are still commonly thought. And one myth is that, um, um, that babies just, of course, you know they're not going to sleep a lot in the beginning, but you think they're just naturally going to get better and better. Mm-hmm. And um, it turns out that that's not usually what happens. Usually it's kind of a roller coaster. They do better for a while, then they get a cold or a growth spurt or a sleep regression, and it all falls to crap, and they start waking up every two hours again. Or hour and a half. And then you got to get them back on the road of better sleep. So that's one of the things that's important for parents to, to understand. But the other one is there are a lot of parents now, of course, you only put your baby to sleep on the back. That's the only safe position for babies to sleep in. Right. right. But babies don't really like sleeping on their backs. It, they tend to wake up more, hmm. uh, which is why before the 1990s, we only recommended babies sleep on the stomach. And then when we learned that that was unsafe, we had to do a complete 180 and say, you know what I told you yesterday? Well, that turns out not to be safe. The only safe position is the back. However, babies don't like sleeping on the back very well. They wake up more. And what happens is then you get exhausted. And then you know what you do? You bring the baby in bed with you. Mm -hmm. And about 60, 70, up to 80% of parents today will end up with the baby in bed with them at one time or another. Now, here's the thing would you ever bring your baby in bed with you, let your baby sleep in bed with you if you were drunk?
1: Absolutely not.
2: Of course. It's almost insulting to ask the question. Right. Well, when you're sleep deprived, you're the same as drunk. You get into as many car accidents from some sleep deprivation as from drunk being inebriated. Wow. And so it turns out that if you get under six hours of sleep night after night, you're the equivalent of drunk. And on average, new parents get six hours, except it's broken up into little pieces, yes. so it's not even efficient six hours. And that's why it's such a risk to, to sleep with the baby in bed with you.
0: Wow, I, I was drunk all through college. <laughs> yeah, Figuratively and that's, literally.
2: What? No kidding. <laughs> but, but you know, that was a time when you wanted to stay up all night, right? Now when you have a baby, it's like, oh, please let me sleep. That's, right. That's true. So
1: one of my fears as a new mom, putting... McKinley on her back was what happens if in the middle of the night she spits up, like can't she choke being on her back? So I'd love to hear you medically answer that question because I had a lot of people ask that on my blog and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have that same fear.
2: You bet. You bet. Well, it turns out that was exactly the doctor's fear as well before the 1990s because it's logical, right? You're in the back, you might, you know, if you vomit, it's going to go down the windpipe. but it turns out that it doesn't happen. And then you go, well, why doesn't it? It should happen. Well, here's why it doesn't happen. Number one, when they spit up, they tend to turn their face to the side and they just spit it out. Number two, if they're flat, if their heads are like looking up and the head is, is, you know, not turned to the side, feel your neck. Right under your fingers, you'll feel the hard windpipe. Underneath that on the inside is the food pipe, the esophagus. Mm -hmm. So when you're on your back, Actually, the food pipe is down at the bottom where the milk pools. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. So when you spit it up, you just swallow it back down. It's very hard for it to get all the way up into the windpipe.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I I can just hear a collective sigh of relief from a lot of
2: our, <laughs> Thousands
0: of moms. I,
1: yeah, who are going to be listening to this because I, I had that exact fear and then I started to see that coming up in the the comments also while we're on the topic of myths i would love to hear your opinion on the it it, it's already i'm dreading it so much the four four month sleep regression is this a real thing Mm -hmm. is it not a real thing because we're getting ready to hit that mark yeah and i'm already bracing myself
2: (laughs) yeah yeah it's a totally real thing it's Uh. not everybody doesn't go through it though it's not like universal however here's what happens and here's what is so kind of shocking about babies, which is you think, okay, little babies, you know, they don't, what can they do? They can't smile yet. They can't talk, you know, you know, when do they really start becoming real people, you know, and real interacting, you know, individuals, members of the, of the family, it turns out that right from the get go, babies are learning, they learn in utero, even before they're born, they're learning to recognize your voice and recognize flavors. So they're actually little learning machines. And what happens when they get to be about three months or four months, something magical happens, which is they develop the ability to do the most important thing a human being ever does. What's that? She said. (laughs) Uh, What that is, is the ability to have reciprocal communication. In other words, to take turns in talking. Okay. So now with McKinley, you can go, hi, baby, good morning, how are you? And you wait. And she can go mm-hmm. and kind yep. of give you a response. Yeah. And then you come back with something else and then you give her a chance and she'll smile or she'll open her eyes wider. And you get this little, um, they call it serve and return, or it's kind of like a little tennis game where you're going back and forth and back and forth. Yep. It turns out you do not want to have a friend who doesn't know this game right you know hi how are you well blah 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 me 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 see you know right you want to take turns and um that's why it's so critically important and it's such a major step when babies can do that it seems like it's a silly little thing but it's mammoth so that's starting around three months four months of age well what happens then is that when the baby wakes up in the middle of the night they're looking around and they want, you know, they want that play. They want that fun. They don't want to be by themselves in a dark room, for gosh sakes. Nobody wants to sleep by themselves. And so the baby is likely to call out for you and say, you know, come play with me, be with me. You with the long hair, get back here. <laughs> and uh, so, so that's what happens with the three-month sleep regression or yeah. four-month sleep regression. And that gets to another myth. And the myth is, or misconception and I would ask you guys, what age should a baby sleep through the night? What age, you know, would you kind of expect that?
1: Well, for us, do you want me to tell you what, how it happened for us? Or yeah, should, yeah. well, McKinley started sleeping through the night at six weeks.
2: Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you mean sleeping through the night? What, what is, how do you define that? At me?
1: that point, well, now at, at three and a half months, she goes to bed at 8 p.m. and gets up at 9.30 in the morning. That's, that's now. At six wow. weeks, she was going down, um, bedtime, bath time started at 630 and getting her last feeding at seven in, in bed by 730. And then I would go in and wake her up at 5am to nurse her again. And that was for myself. She would have kept sleeping and this started at six weeks and then she was up, I would wake her up at seven and then my pediatrician was like, why are you waking her up? You need to let her mm-hmm. sleep until she's ready to get up. So then she was getting up between eight and nine. But Now,
2: now that's phenomenal. That's and what everybody what
1: says. Th- That's why I'm afraid what do you, to
2: say it. <laughs> what, do you think is, what do you think is contributing to that? Um,
1: well, to be quite honest, she is a terrible napper, for starters. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that it's our entire bedtime routine that just has her. We we were able to switch the day to night really quick. Well, I, I should say I was because, unfortunately, Matt was working in crazy, crazy hours. He's an actor, so his, mm-hmm. his schedule was nuts. And so... I put this pressure on myself that I've got to get this baby on a nighttime sleep schedule because I'm doing this on my own. And that was flip-flopping from days to nights. Mm-hmm. And so I just really stuck with it.
0: It was the sleep training. And honestly, it was the snoo.
1: It was the snoo.
2: Well, so, and what does the snoo do For that you think is helpful?
1: For her, um, mm-hmm. constant motion, um, what what else would you say? Constant motion is like the big thing because this baby loves to move when she's sleeping. Like it's really a big thing. I
0: think it's the motion, and I think it's the uh, the sound.
1: Yeah, the sound too. Um, but we also like put, we use a sound machine on top of that now. Now that we're Got further it. along, we do
2: we do. So 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 let's talk about snoo in in a second. And what's yeah. been so cool about that is that we're able to like you, what you're saying. We're able to teach babies day and night to differentiate that. And usually by three months, we have babies sleeping seven, eight, nine hours straight. And sometimes even, you know, like in your case, you know, 11 or 12 hours straight, which has never been possible before in the history of, of taking care of babies. It's really unheard of. But I just want just to answer the kind of the question I asked before is what age should a baby be sleeping through the night? And the, it's kind of a trick question because the real answer is never. Babies never sleep through the night. Toddlers and children never sleep through the night. Adults never sleep through the night. We all wake up two or three times in yeah. the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't remember that unless something is missing or something is wrong. Like if you wake up and you and your pillow's on the floor or you smell smoke, you're probably going to wake up all the way. But if you wake up and everything is cool, you may not even remember that you woke up. That's just the way we are. And so the thing about the, the four-month sleep regression is that If you wake up and you're in this quiet room by yourself, it's like, what happened? Where did everybody go? Because I remember that my parents used to be in the room. You know, and so they call out, and they want attention, and they want comfort, and that's why things like white noise can be a help, especially the right type of white noise. It needs to be rumbly. It needs to be low pitched, mm-hmm. um, and um, and swaddling can help at least until they start rolling, and and then we don't want babies rolling on the stomach swaddled, as you, you probably know. Mm-hmm. But but the the way that and as a pediatrician, what I'm most proud about is really developing this new bed. I worked on this for five years with MIT engineers to be able to create a bed that, number one, keeps babies safe but because they can't roll over. Even when they're swaddled, they can't roll over to an unsafe position. But the other thing is it rocks and shushes them all night, which imitates the experience they have in the womb. And then it even responds, like it can hear when the baby gets upset mm-hmm. and can respond with a little bit more motion and sound kind of like you would with a fussy baby in your arms to kind of bounce and shush them to get to get a baby back to sleep and it doesn't always work to get them back uh, because sometimes they need to wake up to eat or to have a diaper change but probably about 80% of the time we can calm babies in under a minute if they're not you know needing something else and so that again is the first time that's ever been possible well so
0: here's what we're doing with the snoo and I kind of want to I you you might you might reprimand us for this but uh but here's what's working for us. Well, mm-hmm. first of all, you you created this new and I kind of want to hear about how you created that actually and, and kind of, you know, just how you got that onto the market and obviously it's such a a huge success and we can just honestly say that by a personal recommendation for it. And you guys listening out there, you need to go to happiestbaby.com and and check out the snoo. It's the very it's very cool uh, it's a bassinet. It's very sleek looking. It's very cool. It's kind of covered in mesh, and it and it moves. And it's just it's a really really fantastic thing, and has really helped us. Thanks, it's man.
1: definitely in the top five baby products that we
0: absolutely would
1: highly recommend. And it's completely changed a good night's sleep for us because the mesh siding alone makes me have he just a big sigh of relief because I know that if for some reason she was to get her face off to the side, which
0: she has done multiple times, this baby likes to put her face in. Things. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it is, it's a, your, the attention to detail that you've put into it, you know, just little things like that makes it feel a lot I've more rec- safe.
1: Yeah, I've recommended it to multiple friends. This is something that they, it, it's worth every penny in my opinion. It's amazing.
0: So here's uh, wh- what we do. <laughs> and, um, yeah. you know, this might not be I the think best. We're thing. About,
1: I think we're about to get in trouble. No, no, it
0: is. But I want to be honest. I want to be, be honest. Yeah. And uh, this is what we're doing. So we have found out. Uh, that our child does not really like swaddling. She did really, really early on. And I really want to get to kind of the five S's and all that. It's a big thing mm-hmm. that, that you do as well. Uh, but she doesn't really like the swaddling. So what we did is we've been using this other thing that kind of, uh, it's like a suit. It's called a, a sleep, the magic suit. sleep suit. Yeah. And we just place her in uh, the snoo. And mm-hmm. um, the way that thing is formed and shaped, she's not able to roll over uh, or anything. And that has really worked for us. We place her in that, and then we put her in the snoo, and it just rocks her all night long, and she sleeps like a, sleeps like a baby. So.
1: <laughs> that has been the game changer for us. The reason that we found out, well, first of all, she rolled over for the first time at, at six weeks old. Oh, and yeah. she did it actually at the doctor's office for the first time, and the doctor just looked at us stunned. And then she came home, and she did it two more times within the next couple of days, and we're like, okay, well, that's... Cue number one that the swaddle is not going to keep working for her. But number two is even when we would use the, the Velcro with her Velcro arms down, because this new, for anybody who doesn't know, the the um swaddle that's built in, it's got this really cool, like, uh, two like a, pieces like that, yeah. yeah, wrap, that Velcros the arms down and then zips up over top of it. We would get up in the morning and her arms would be out of the Velcro and her hands would be up... <laughs> In the neck, yeah. Like she, her hands would be up on her face. She would somehow maneuver out <laughs> of out the little neck hole. She's yeah, she's an the escape neck artist, <laughs> let me tell you. And yeah. so that's why that's why we've had to kind of uh, change that. But mm-hmm. I don't know what we're gonna do when she doesn't sleep in the snoo anymore mm-hmm. because.
0: We're really anxious about not having, and when she outgrows the snoo, I don't
1: know what I'm going to do because she <laughs> loves it. Yeah. And I know there's a whole weaning feature, which for anybody right. listening who doesn't know that, that is so cool because you don't have to cold turkey all of a sudden take your baby out of this bassinet that's moving all night long. Yeah. It's got a feature that actually weans your baby off of we it. We haven't
0: started using it yet, but we're no. we're, no, we're no, going to trust you're in that feature. Good. Yeah. We're going to yeah. trust in it when it comes. Yeah.
1: yeah. So exactly. on a scale of one to 10, how in trouble are we right now? <laughs> Having her in the sleep suit, in the snoo.
2: You know, um, do you put her in the snoo sack itself, or do you lay her on top of that?
0: We lay her on top of that. Got it. Okay, quick time out here. One thing that I have learned about having a kid, Angela, is that time is running a little short lately. You think? (laughs) It seems to be. I don't know, man. I just feel like... I've got so much stuff to get done, and-
1: Never enough time.
0: Just never enough. There, there already wasn't enough time.
1: I need like three extra hours in the day.
0: Absolutely. But I, I don't know. I think it's just something that I've been like frustrated. I got to figure out how to restructure my life to get things done. Okay, anyway, moving on from that. Bottom line is anything that is going to help me save time or find some more hours in the day, I'm all about- perking my ears up and listening Mm -hmm. so here is something that caught my attention our friends over at prep dish have given us a little sample of what they've got going on i want to tell you about it because it could save you a lot of time because it definitely saves us time and makes things easier and easier is good prep dish is a healthy subscription-based meal planning service all right when you sign up for Dish, you're going to receive an email every week with a grocery list and also instructions for prepping the meals ahead of time. So what you do is you take about one to three hours of prepping on the weekend or before your week starts or, you know, whenever you want to do it for the upcoming week. And you've got all your meals ready for the entire week. You don't have to worry about it.
1: That's awesome because it takes the guesswork out of meal planning.
0: Right. And how much time do you spend... On like Pinterest, finding...
1: Oh, I'm on Pinterest every single day.
0: Right, but it takes a lot of time to research what you got to do. 100%. And then you don't know your ingredients.
1: How many times have I sent you to the grocery store just for like one or two items? Exactly. Yep.
0: But in this case, you get your PDF format of your meals. Everything's planned out for you. You go to the grocery store, which uh, let me just add, uh, maybe it's not a bad thing to get away for a few hours and just kind of... Mm-hmm. Do your thing. I see what you're doing there <laughs> Okay. Uh-huh. Go to the grocery store, get your stuff, come back And then you, you're prepped for the week You're prepped for the week with delicious, healthy meals They can be gluten-free, they can be dairy-free You can choose paleo option uh, It's just stress-free We've got a deal for you If you're one of our Hello Baby listeners PrepDish is willing to give you guys a two-week free trial
1: How cool is that?
0: It's awesome Go to PrepDish.com slash HelloBaby and you can use the word HELLO in all caps uh, to, to check out with it. And, um, yeah, you get hooked up with the free two weeks. I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer, right?
1: Why not give it a try?
0: Right. Definitely give it a try. Head over to PrepDish.com slash HELLOBABY and use HELLO in all caps. Now, back to our interview with Dr. Carp.
2: Okay, well, a couple of things. One thing is... A lot of babies resist swaddling, they want to get their hands free, and you think that, you know what, my, my baby doesn't like swaddling. And that's a big mistake. And the reason it's a mistake is that all babies want to get their hands up, especially when they get upset. Uh-huh. Um, but it turns out that, you know, with rights come responsibilities, and they don't have the responsibility, really, they're not good at controlling their hands until really more like four or five months of age. And Before that, they startle, they whack themselves in the face, and they do other things that kind of tend to wake them up. In your case, when she was getting out of the swaddle, it wasn't that the swaddle was wrong. It was doing something else to make sure that she didn't get out of the swaddle. And even though she's a Houdini, there are all sorts of ways, even with Houdini babies, to keep them swaddled. So that's where we have lots of help on our website to keep babies swaddled who otherwise are sneaking out of the swaddle Uh instantly. So that's kind of the, the first thing I would say. However, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, if you've got yeah. a good situation going, what I would recommend that you do is I would recommend that you use the snooze sack. Yeah. Open up the holes uh, that are the little arm holes, and then you can put her in the, the swaddle that she's in right now and just have her arms poking out of those holes. So that way she's secured in bed, and you don't have to worry about her rolling over or rolling to an unsafe position. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a
1: great idea. Maybe we'll try that tonight, actually. Yeah,
2: yeah, maybe we will.
1: Because isn't it at size – because not all the sleep sacks have the armholes. Is it size large that comes with the armholes in it?
2: Yes and no. So now it's medium and large, but I'm not sure when you got yours if it was just the large. But the mediums – do have the holes now? As okay, well. yeah,
1: because our okay. medium does not have the armholes in it. I do know that. Interesting. Because I tried to size her up before going mm-hmm. to the sleep suit, and I still couldn't. I, I was like, I've got to figure out something here because it was. She would wake up in the middle of the night screaming with her arms up by her yeah. face, just frustrated, and I was like, something's got to right. give. Hmm. If
2: she can get her arms out, if a baby can get the arms out, you lose. She loses. You're all. It's all over. Yeah. You have to keep the arms down. They'll fight, 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 and then they give up, and then they end up doing better and better. So that's, in general, you know, every baby's different, but in general, that's that's the way it works.
0: So kind of since we were talking about
2: the... I'm sn- so sorry, just, just to interrupt one more thing, yeah. which is that now that, I mean, that, that new sack, that special swaddle has been so popular, we actually just released a new type of, of swaddle blanket called Sleepy, as yeah. E-P-E-A, yeah. which is the same kind of a thing, except it doesn't have the wings. So we call it the five-second swaddle because the whole origami of swaddling now, it's all over. If you wrap the babies and get the arms secured with the sleepy, um, you know, 95 out of 100 times, they just keep the arms down, and it's been, a, it's been a real benefit. And it's vented so they don't get overheated and it can't unravel. So it's really, the—the the, I think, the safest and the best swaddle oh,
0: there. Oh, let me tell you, I wish I had known about the sleepy swaddle when she was first born, because we were swaddling her for several weeks. And, and obviously in the hospital, that's kind of standard procedure. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like I never got good at the swaddling thing. I would have loved mm-hmm. to have had this sleepy product. I mean,
2: it just makes it so simple. Thanks. Yeah. That's the goal. Cause yeah. you got so many other things you're doing. It's nice to simplify one thing. Absolutely. Well, talking about the snoo, I
0: actually do. I'm really curious. Just how did that come to be? How, how'd the idea for this come to be? How did the uh, how did you get the thing made just in a, in a in a market that's just saturated with baby stuff left and right, and there's just so much stuff to choose from? How did you come up with and make just such a high quality product to, to help parents like this?
2: Well thank you so much for that. I mean, a couple of things. One is, I'm you know, I'm an educator, I'm not a product guy, so I mean, I was never out there making baby products. But year after year, I, I saw the need for it and no one else was doing it. Yes. So I ended up contacting this guy I knew at MIT and one of the America's leading designers. And we we teamed up together and we built the prototypes. And we had to go through like 11 prototypes and testing hundreds and hundreds of babies in Boston and Los Angeles. And, um, and then, I mean, it, it took years and years to solve the biggest problem, which is How do you rock a baby back and forth all night long, you know, 14 hours a day, maybe month after month after month for one baby and the next baby, and it doesn't creak and click and make squeaky noises and stuff like that. So the hardest thing was developing this drivetrain, which we have now have tested to over 30 million cycles back and forth. There's nothing that goes 30 million cycles except your car engine. So it's the most robust baby Product ever made. In fact, last year when when we launched it, I mean, we we're the most awarded baby product in history. Wow! Um, and uh, and and we're in we're even in three museums now. It's a, it's on exhibit because it's such a beautiful design. Oh my
0: gosh! I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Major museums in London and in San Francisco. So that's we're really so proud cool. of that. Yeah, that's <laughs> crazy.
1: Can you tell and, us? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead.
2: No, I was just going to say, and then, you, you know, it's hard when you release something and it's a totally new concept. I mean, people go, you know, is it right to put your baby in a machine that rocks them? Of course, they've been doing it, put them in swings forever. Yeah. Right. But, um, you know, people are always, um, always concerned about new things, as they should be. And we were fortunate. Of course, people trust me and, and they're familiar with Happiest Baby and the Benefit and Happiest Toddler and the Benefit that people have gotten from that. And so, um, what, what's been just so gratifying, besides all the awards and stuff, is that we now have hundreds and hundreds, thousands of parents who have used this in every state in America, in, in thousands of towns and cities, and um, like Mississippi to Maine to Alaska. And we're just getting so many, like you guys have experienced, yeah. um, getting so much positive reports and and what we offer to parents what our real goal is to help families and So people can even use this for 30 days. It's a 30-day free trial. It doesn't cost you a penny We'll pay for shipping back and forth. Oh, wow just to give people a chance to try it out And if it doesn't work, we'll just take it back. Yeah, so there's there's no risk and people can even even get it You know, we'll pay we'll pay, you know, we'll do the credit for it. So it's 0% interest which um, ends up being like three, $3 a day or so for people that kind of get to use this, this type it. of a bed. So our goal is to really get it out as broadly as possible. And if I could say just one more thing about that, because probably one of the biggest um, critiques we get about this is that it's a $1,000 baby bed, because it is like $1,100 for this, which is a lot for a baby bed. But this isn't a baby bed. Like I like to joke, this is your older sister. This is the helper you're supposed to have. And yeah, every mother had, true. up until 100 years ago, you had five nannies, right? You had your grandma, your aunt, your older sister. And now people are doing it all on their own. And they think that, well, just a, a normal good mom wakes up every two hours all night long and then takes care of her toddler and does everything else all day. Yeah. And that's not the way families develop. You're supposed to have help. And so Snoo is really like, it's like $5 a day for this 24/7 helper, and if you use it with your second child, or even if you sell it when you're done, it ends up being two or three dollars a day, which is kind of what you're going to spend on Red Bull or coffee just to stay awake with your baby. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's accurate. So,
2: yeah. So that's why we think it's really, you know, it's really, a, it's a tool for all parents. It's not just for the shishi rich.
1: Yeah. Well, it's been a game changer for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, just to follow up to that, you know. Me personally, I feel like sleep is so important. We've already kind of mentioned it, but I, I, it's hard to put a price tag on good sleep. I mean, cause if you can get a great night's sleep, you can kind of face the hurdles of the day. You can face sure. the other challenges that sure. are, are going to come along with raising a child and everything else that you have to do in a day. And so that's kind of yeah. my take on it. You know, that's yeah. why I, I always end up splurging on a mattress. This would be for me, a splurge thing if. Well, maybe splurge is the wrong word. But what I mean is this is one of the things that you should put money into is sleep, investment. It's important. So, yeah,
1: It's really important. Yeah. Have you – and the one thing that we noticed is that there seems to be a, – a learning curve isn't the right word. But for us, we weren't able to just put our newborn baby into it and all was peachy keen. There was a couple of days of adjustment there. Is that normal?
2: Yeah, that's very common. So babies – how old was McKinley when you started?
1: We brought – as soon as we came home from the hospital, yeah. we started using it.
2: Okay, great. So in the beginning, it usually just takes a day or two for them to get adjusted. If you mm-hmm. start it when a baby is like a, two months or three months old, you're getting a little long in the tooth there, meaning that they've already learned a different way to sleep, and you have to untrain that and retrain them. So it can take a week or five to seven days um, sometimes to get those babies on board with, with better sleeping. But, um, but, you know, here's the interesting thing, and it kind of gets to your question before about weaning her off of this, which is... Like, do babies get addicted to the motion and the sound and then yeah. they can never sleep without it? Because that's what parents are told. You know, don't get your baby addicted or used to sleep cues because then you'll never get them off of it. And that's absolutely true about sleep cues except for SNOO. And and the reason that SNOO is the exception to that is that, Think about how babies sleep. So you rock your baby to sleep or you shush your baby to sleep or you nurse your baby to sleep. Then you slide them into the baby bed, you know, hoping not to wake them up. And then they're going to wake up anyway in the middle of the night out of hunger or whatever. And suddenly everything has changed for them. You're not there anymore. They're not on the breast anymore. And then they go, hey, what happened? Why did everything change? Now, with snoo, if you rock them and shush them and you put them in the bed, they're being shushed and jiggled when they go to sleep. And then when they wake up, they're still being shushed and jiggled and swaddled. So they wake up and they go, well, I guess everything's copacetic. It's pretty much how I went to sleep. And they're much more likely to fall back asleep. What happens then is that they get into this wonderful sleep pattern like you've experienced, where then they start sleeping longer extended periods of five, six, seven hours, eight hours. And that is a solid kind of habit that they develop. And so by the time they get to be six months, they're just ready to wean. They just don't need it anymore. They still need sound. And you'll use sound for for years longer probably as, a, as an extra sleep cue. Yeah. But the motion and the swaddling, they just don't need anymore. And it's kind of like, here's the funny thing. You feed your baby only milk. Every meal, only milk for the first four months. Mm-hmm. But nobody says, oh, my God, do you think she's never going to eat food? Because she's only had milk <laughs> at this point. Yeah. You know what I mean? When they're ready, they're ready. Yeah. Right.
1: That's true. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the five S's?
2: Mm-hmm. So the key concept of Happy is Baby. And by the way, that's a book and DVD or streaming video. Yes. And as much as, I mean, I wrote the book, but I don't really recommend the book to parents. I mean, it's a good book to read. It's interesting. It's informative but you learn more about how to really handle a baby by watching the techniques. It's kind of like learning how to tie your shoelaces. You know, you, you can learn it from a book, but you'll learn it better watching people. Yeah. So that's kind of what I recommend to people. And so the key concept of, of the fi- of the happiest baby is the, is the idea of the comp of the fourth trimester, really. The fourth trimester means that our babies are born three, four months before they're really ready for the world. Now, I've never talked a woman into trying that, right? <laughs> it's just a theory. Um, but it turns out when you understand that your baby is not like a horse, a horse can run the first day of life. Right. Our babies are very immature, and they have to be born early because their heads are so big, and they're they're therefore very immature when they're born. And you're going to hold, rock, and trish your baby hours and hours. And um, and you know if you do it twelve hours a day which feels like a lot from your point of view, mm-hmm. your baby goes, hey, that's a rip-off. You do, used to do it 24 hours a day. So babies need a lot of rocking and shushing. And if you try not to do it, that's when they get more upset. They have more colic. They have more fussiness. They don't sleep as well because the world is too boring and still for them. And so it turns out that not only do they like being carried and rocked and shushed, if, which all imitate the baby's experience in the womb, if you do those steps, and I call it the five S's, which are swaddling, side stomach position, not for sleep. It's just, you never use side stomach for sleep, but it's the best way of calming crying. Um, shushing, swinging, and sucking are the other ones. And when you combine those in the way that works the best for your baby, and every baby is a little different, you're able to almost flip a switch. You can see this sudden change as if you're turning on a reflex where babies can go from screaming to calm, literally in seconds when you do it the right way
0: Hmm.
2: and and in fact doctors use this approach to detect where when a baby is sick because if you do the five s's and the baby doesn't calm down it either means that the baby's hungry or the baby or you didn't do it right or the baby needs some kind of medical help because something else is bothering the baby wow and so it really helps doctors figure out what's going on with the baby now
0: now each one of these five S's, and by the way, I, I don't know if we had really stated, it's kind of like a, it's sort of a, a program or a, like a five ways to, to calm your baby. Uh, mm-hmm,
1: but they're done in conjunction with each other.
0: Are, are they, or can you do them indiv- I mean, can you do them individually? Because I feel like I find that some of them work better for our child than other, uh, other S's.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You bet your S. I mean, the, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> <I'm bummed>. um, <laughs> swaddling is the key. If you don't do swaddling with the arms down, everything else has a harder time. Okay. Now in your case, you, you unswaddled McKinley, but you did kind of restrict your arms a little bit and yeah. with the yeah. special thing that you're using. So, so it turns out that swaddling is the cornerstone. Nothing else works well if the baby's not swaddled. That's number one, with the arms down. Okay. And then every baby's a little different. Some swaddling is great and then you add the white noise and you're golden. That's really what does it. Other babies, you add white noise, it doesn't really do that much until you add the little bouncy jiggle. Other babies, it's sucking. Other babies, it's the side stomach position to really get them settled. And once you find out the combination your baby likes, then it will always be that way. And you can always go go to do that over and over again, and you know you'll have success. So there is a little bit of figuring it out. I think you're exactly right, Matt.
0: Have you ever heard of this? Um, I think there's, it's a book. I think by an author. His name's Gary Chapman. It talks about the five love languages uh, for people. I mean, this is adults or anything. It's a, mm-hmm. It's a book that kind of talks about, well, each person has their own love language. And I sort of th- think of this as the love languages <laughs> of the baby. You know, you got to figure out which ones really work for him or her. And, and that's kind sure. of what they're they're speaking you know you got to speak that language to them the language of yeah, the swaddle or you yeah know. that's sort of right yeah
2: but you know adults are like that too right there's some people who love motion they love sleeping in True. a room or they love being on a boat other people hate it they oh. see
0: I am so jealous of those people that get on an airplane and and they're asleep before you take off. Like, Mm -hmm. it just frustrates me. I'm just like, (laughs) I put me in the nicest seat and maybe, maybe I'll go to sleep with some medication. I'm so (laughs) jealous of those people. But uh, but
2: you're exactly right. Some people do, you know, motion and sound put you to sleep. That's why you fall asleep in a car or a train. And so with SNOO, the way we, we built it is it rocks them and shushes them gently all night long But then it hears when the baby fusses and it goes to a higher level with a little more jiggle and a little bit more sound, which again is what your aunt would do or what your older sister would do holding the baby. And then if the baby calms down, the bed just gradually goes back down to that baseline level. And if the baby doesn't calm down, it goes up a few levels. And then it just shuts off after a couple of minutes because if the baby's still... Usually this calms a baby in under 60 seconds. And if the baby keeps crying, it means you know, the baby needs something else. It's only, it's not a magic bed. It's not going to make them sleep eight hours right off the bat, but it usually does add an hour, hour and a half right off the bat. I mean, it is, it is, it's very, uh,
0: you say it's not a magic bed, but it sort of feels like it. I mean, it's, it's so intuitive and uh, yeah, I I mean, I think it's just a pretty incredible product, but uh, yeah.
2: We're doing something special now. We just started a few months ago to, um, to rent these beds to corporations. so corporations you know want to give these to their employees to help them be well rested and not get sick and come back to work and be you know healthy and, and ready to work and improve productivity and reduce errors and accidents things like that. So we now have some of the biggest companies in America that are providing this for their employees. Wow And what our hope is is in 2019, is to be able to start even renting these to, to families, you know, (laughs) to be able to have anybody, the way you rent a breast pump, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That you can kind of have access to it, you know, much more easily and we can just help more people. I would love to see,
0: and I don't even know how this would be possible because of all the mechanics of it. I would love to see something that's more travel oriented for those that have to travel with their baby or that are on the road or not in their, you know, in their home for a couple weeks at a time or, you know, vacation or a place like
2: that. That's what I would love to see that. That would be a really cool thing too. Absolutely. We're working on that. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Good suggestion.
1: And then do you have, or actually, can you give us your best overall parenting advice, your top do's and don'ts for first time parents like us?
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. One, actually one last question on, on or two last things on Snoo might. Yeah. Please. One is, have you guys checked out the, um, the snoo log where it kind of shows you how your baby slept the night before have you used that also no in
1: the app you mean in the app yeah no i, haven't.
2: I have not i didn't have done even that. know
1: that oh. yeah, came
2: out a couple of weeks ago so check that out turn on your app and um the app is it really helps people because it helps you modify the settings if your baby likes a little more motion or a little bit more sound or it doesn't like motion and you just want the sound you have all different options to be able to modify it according to any particular baby's, you know, um, preferences.
0: Angela Um, is checking her app right now and just made a face of complete confusion and blown away because she had no idea that was in there.
2: (laughs) Oh, cool. Did you see the log? That little curvy thing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at it. So So that tells you when your
2: baby slept, when they woke up, the longest nap, the longest sleep at night, how many times they woke up at night. And it happens automatically, so it oh just kind God. of logs itself. So you don't have to do anything. You just get this wonderful, you know, kind of um, re- uh, report um, all day long, or in the morning, and you can share it with your family or or with your doctor and things like that. Wow,
1: I, I did not know this existed. Okay, it's so cool. Well, we're gonna
2: spend a couple hours in this in this <laughs> app here, and <now> I'm messing around. <laughs> so the the second thing was that um, the we're now doing studies in in like nine universities to be able to show that besides being able to improve a baby's sleep, uh, we've already, we're seeing great results at UCLA and UC San Diego on on helping women with with serious depression to reduce their depression because what they really need is sleep and the confidence that it's not only on their shoulders. And pretty soon we're going to start studies to see if we can even prevent depression before it happens, which will be a first. Uh, We're also doing studies... Using this in hospitals to help babies withdrawing from opiates. Wow. We're also um, using it in, in hospitals because parents are now falling asleep in the hospital bed with their baby in bed with them, and babies have died that way. And they've fallen out of bed. They've rolled out of the bed um, when they're you know when they're sleeping there with the parent. So that's a terrible, terrible situation. Yeah. So we've now started studies to see if we can put a, a caring bed snoo next to the parent and and the mother puts the baby in that bed. So that can be rocking and trishing the baby while she gets a few hours of rest after her C-section or, you know, long delivery.
0: Wow. That'd be great if hospitals started carrying that. Oh my gosh. That would have been
1: so nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was so out of it after my C-section. So I don't even remember the first, I don't know, 24 hours after. I know it's hard.
2: Well, I was not drugged up and it wasn't great. (laughs) (laughs) Do you, Matt, do you remember falling asleep with McKinley in your arms or that kind of thing? Because dads do that a lot of time. I times.
0: have fallen asleep with her on my chest. You know, we, we did skin to skin early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, I, I have, after coming home from a long day, I have fallen asleep with her on my chest. I know, you know, that's sure. probably not a great thing. But,
2: but um, you know, it happens. I mean, it's yeah. so cozy and sweet. when yes. And skin to skin is a wonderful thing to do. Um, but, but believe it or not, it, I mean there was a study um, that came out a couple of years ago and it it reported uh, over an 8 year period over a 1000 babies who died when they fell asleep on a sofa or in a chair with their with their parents so it is it, it's really something you'd rather not do you'd I, rather, rather do that.
0: Yeah we had just read I don't even remember where we read it I want maybe it was on yahoo or something like that we read a story about this about 2 weeks ago mm-hmm. about uh, just a a regular, yeah. comfy, cozy night, and you know, it, ugh, yeah, it's so sad. Yeah,
2: yeah. we're hoping. Twenty um, percent of infant sleep death occur. There are thirty-seven, probably between thirty-seven and 400, four hundred, four thousand babies who die every year in the United States. Which, when you think about it, that's like nine eleven every single year. Yeah, for yeah. families across America, it's a lot of deaths, a lot of Americans who are dying in their sleep, and these are little babies. And twenty percent of them. Um, get into a problem because they roll over, and um, and that really drives parents crazy because you know when they're swaddled, if you're not using snoo, they can roll over any time, and if they're not swaddled, they can roll over even easier and get on that stomach position, which is which is not the safest position. But the other thing is, seventy percent of infant sleep deaths happen when you bring the baby in bed with you or you fall asleep on a sofa or something like that. And so what we're really happy with with parents using snoo, is that I would say eighty percent of the time parents never fall asleep with the baby in bed because there's no reason to. You you got that great place for the baby to sleep. So yep. we're hoping we haven't proven this yet, but we're hoping we're able to you know reduce the risk um, the risk to families. Certainly, we can reduce the risk of rolling, which yeah. is one of the key key goals.
0: Yeah. Well, so I know before we just kind of get to the final the final uh, you know advice for parents. Can I just ask you one more thing since you're on the line with us, if you have a moment. Uh, we just, because we're at this stage where, you know, we kind of mentioned she, she does not sleep well during the daytime for naps. Do you have any tips for napping as opposed to sleeping through the night?
2: Tips for napping to help her sleep during the day, you're saying?
0: Yes. Is that any different? Is there any kind of a different thing that you should do or?
1: She gets so overtired that she gets so fussy, but when we put her down for a nap, most times she'll only sleep between 25 and 45 minutes. And that's just not uh-huh. enough for her. And she's not satisfied, but she's also not going to go back to sleep unless got she's it. being held. If I hold her during a nap, she'll sleep for two hours. If uh, she's in her snoo or in her crib uh-huh. or anywhere, not being held, 25 to 45 minutes max.
2: Right. Much shorter time. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, any other questions? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so here's the thing during the daytime, especially now at her age, like I said, she's getting to be a little nosy, mm-hmm. and she wants to know what's going on. Yeah. So you sometimes have to make sure she's not hearing sounds because when she wakes up in 45 minutes, it's kind of the end of her sleep cycle and she's getting into lighter sleep. And so sounds, lights, um, airplanes overhead, all sorts of things like that can, can, can sometimes arouse a baby from their sleep. Sometimes it's internal. They have a little gas or a little hungry. Something internal just kind of wakes them up when they're in light sleep. So the things that are most helpful, um, number one, sometimes you darken the room, which can help, and you you have got the loud white noise going on, which is a good thing. But sometimes I have people lock the snoo on a higher level um, where you kind of advance it up one or two levels, so it's a little faster and a little louder, kind of like you're driving in your car on a bumpy road. And... And that oftentimes helps them not pay attention to other things going on around them. So I would try that okay. and see if, uh, if that helps to improve your sleep.
0: Great, great. And then cool. just kind of lastly, do you have just an overall advice or, or tips or, or do's and don'ts for first-time parents?
2: Yeah, I'll get, tell you two that, that I like to, um, to, um, to tell parents. One is be flexible or die. I mean, it's important to have your ideas and your ideology and how you want it to be. But like you guys said in the very beginning, you kind of have to play the cards you're dealt. And if you have a baby who needs, you know, maybe you planned on breastfeeding and then that just didn't work out. You know, you just have to you have to roll with it. Uh, I'm not saying you should give up easily because breastfeeding is a great thing to do. But, you know, you do have to as a parent, you do have to be flexible. And um, so that's one thing. The second thing, and this is going to sound a little weird maybe, but when you have a baby, when people have a newborn, oftentimes they'll buy a book or two or three or ten about having a baby because most of us haven't raised a lot of babies. And so we want to learn, you know, what's the best thing, what's the right thing to do, how do how are we going to be good parents. But what's weird about that is that people tend to buy so many baby books and then another book the rest of their child's life. Like there's nothing else to learn, uh, and you're just kind of winging it, and you think you're just going to you know manage on your own. So this is going to sound very self-serving, but there's a book called the happy and DVD, the happiest toddler on the block, and that um, is for kids eight months to about five six, 39 years of age. Because <laughs> honestly, it's about emotional communication and emotional resilience. Um, the happiest baby is able to help. Colicky babies, colicky babies, be calmer, but it helps any baby sleep better and cry less. And happiest toddler can help eliminate fifty to seventy-five percent of temper tantrums. But more importantly, it helps any child be more patient, cooperative, emotionally resilient, communicative, and all those good things. Um, And so, my biggest advice to parents, even as much as I love the happiest baby, and even snoo, that's cool and great. But you know what, between eight months and five years of age, you've built a person. And, and I'd almost tell people, if you're going if you, if to choose where you're going to put your time and effort, put it into learning how to be a better parent of a toddler, mm. how to communicate better with them. Because it's not intuitive. and In fact, it's often counterintuitive. Wow. And, and that's really where a little bit of time and, and investing a little effort into learning how to, learning some very simple techniques, but kind of counterintuitive techniques can really go a long way.
0: Wow. That's interesting. Well, we just want to thank you so much for uh, coming on. We're honored to have your expertise and your wisdom on yes. our podcast. And yeah, my uh, pleasure thank or two.
1: So
2: Thanks. Well, you know, we gotta talk again when McKinley gets over her eight month period because even though it seems like, you know, a toddler seems like years away, but really you're gonna see in just another few months she's gonna be a whole other different person. I know Ready? it's, it's ah. exciting
0: and sad at the same time.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah.
0: But uh, cool. well anyway, Dr. Corp, thank you so much again for coming on. And where where can people go to find all of this this wealth of information and, and these cool products?
2: Well we've got all this stuff on happiestbaby.com. Um I tried to get happiestbaby.com, C A L M, but <laughs> <that>. <laughs> but, um, but we've got, you know, blog information and, and all sorts of stuff videos on the website that people can kind of see and and read reviews you know hundreds of parents have left reviews on the sleepy swaddle blanket on snoo and things like that great wow
0: okay well that was some valuable information thank you again to dr carp for coming on the podcast we cannot thank him enough and we're just so honored to have him on guys appreciate you listening if you uh enjoyed it go over and give us some love in the uh, ratings and reviews section of iTunes. And uh, you can follow us on Instagram at HelloBabyPodcast. On Twitter at HelloBabyPod. And uh, hit the subscribe button, you know, if, you, if you're not already. So you can get the automatic alerts for next week when we upload. And, uh, yeah, we will see you next time. Bye.